Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I have a special announcement for you today. This year marks the 25th anniversary of Slate. And for a limited time only, we're offering our annual Slate Plus membership at $25 off. As a member, you'll get no ads on any of our podcasts, unlimited reading on the Slate site, and member-exclusive episodes and segments from us and other shows like Slow Burn, Amicus, and Political Gab Fest. For the past quarter century, Slate podcasts have been covering all the major news events, from elections to social issues to historic court decisions. Our culture shows have debated if things are sexist, named the best summer songs, and explained the latest TikTok trends. If we've become part of your listening routines, we ask that you support our work by joining Slate Plus. Sign up for Slate Plus at slate.com slash plus to keep us going for another 25 years. Again, we're giving you $25 off an annual membership through October 31st. So sign up now at slate.com slash plus. Just to give you a heads up, one of us is bound to say something not suitable for little ears. Welcome to Mom and Dad Are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Thursday, October 28th, the Temperamental Toddler Edition. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom to three littles, Henry, who's nine, Oliver, who's seven, and Teddy, who's five. We live in Colorado Springs, Colorado. I'm Jamila Lemieux, a writer, contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column, and mom to Naima, who is eight and a half, and we live in Los Angeles. And I am Zach Rosen. I am the host of The Best Advice Show, a very short, three times a week advice show. And I live in Detroit with my family. I have a daughter, Noah, who's four, and Ami is one. We are so excited that you're going to be hanging out with us for a bit. Welcome. It's such an honor. Seriously, thank you for having me. Well, on today's show, we have a question about a toddler who makes up her own rules in gymnastics class. Her mom is wondering if she should continue with lessons or call it quits. Then we'll advise a listener who's trying to plan for some holiday travel with her two-year-old and wondering how to keep her little one entertained and masked up while in transit. On Slate Plus, we're playing a round of hot takes, so you'll definitely want to stick around for our spicy parenting opinions. But first, we want to share with you an update from one of our letter writers. So a few weeks ago, we answered a letter about a child that was struggling with her behavior at school. The mom was beside herself and wondered if taking away swimming lessons would be the best way to compel some better behavior. She writes, first of all, I did not withhold swimming lessons. Also, I agree with many people's opinions that this was not behavior to be punished, but to be investigated and to fix the root cause. I did reach out to my son's teachers, of course, and ask for the counselor to observe and evaluate the situation. His teacher this year and his teachers from last year all agreed that he was acting very normal and they weren't seeing aggressive or violent behavior. All in all, it seemed that the problems were stemming from the after-school care. After speaking with the principal and a few other changes, like a different student in the class is now gone, my boy's behavior has improved dramatically. Ultimately, I think the after-school program was short-staffed. My son was picking up behaviors from other students, and the start of the school year is always tumultuous. Since talking with everyone on campus, I haven't had a bad report in three weeks. I appreciate that so many people want to give feedback, and it makes me love this community even more. 
Well, thank you so much for the update, Letter Writer. We are very glad to hear that things are going well. It sounds like uh, Elizabeth and I may have been correct in our advice, so that's always a good thing to hear. And we're happy that your little swimmer is doing much better. Not that we keep track, but, you know. (laughs) No, no one's counting. (laughs) Well, all right. Now is the point of the show where we share a bit about our lives. So it's time for Triumphs and Fails. Um, Jamila, do you have a Triumph or Fail for us this week? Yesterday, when I dropped Naima off at school, she was huggy and clingy and a little sad. And I said, oh, it's okay, babe. Have a good day. You know, and like I left. And so when I picked her up, I said, well, how was your day? How was dance? I don't see her until seven o'clock in the evening on uh, Mondays because she has dance class. And she says, well, I cried this morning. I said, you did? When? And she said, when you dropped me off at school, I was crying. I said, what? Mm. And she said, yeah, I was crying until I went up the stairs. And so basically, I missed her crying as I was dropping her off and just left as if she was fine. Like, okay, girl, we'll have a good day because I couldn't see because of the mask. I didn't know. Obviously, it was not a deep, sobbing, Mm. you know, heaving cry. But I said, well, when did, how long did you cry? And she was like, well, until I got to the top of the stairs. And she walks like five stairs to get away from me. So this was not a long cry, but it was enough that it's seven o'clock in the evening when she saw me. It was the first thing on her mind. And she said, I just have to ask, if you'd known I was crying, what would you have done? And I said, well, I would have stayed until you stopped crying. Duh, I'm indulgent. This is what I do. So I think she felt better knowing that had I realized Mm -hmm. she was crying, I would not have just been like, hey, have a good day at school and walked away. But I feel like a crappy mom for doing that. But you you saved it at the end there. Yeah, you made up for it for sure. I hope so. She did seem content with that answer. In your defense, like there's so much traffic in the morning. Plus the mask. It's it, there's a lot going on. So for you to have missed, you know, some some subtle tiny tears from you know several feet away, it's not it's not crazy, Jamila. I needed some theater, you know, like yeah, for it, sure. You gotta give me a show. I yeah. would have stuck around. I didn't have anywhere to go. <laughs> so you said you should have said it's really that you weren't crying enough, <laughs> right? You gotta <laughs> really cry for more me. More dramatic. Yeah, I would. I would never have missed that. <laughs> I know though that feeling though of like how you know you're so close like how could you miss that and still just like send her off and then was she like worried about that all day and thinking about it i totally get that but i feel like you recovered (laughs) it's really sweet that you that you revisited it and she she wanted to talk some more about it and that she kind of believed she believed you because you were serious when you said had you known it would have been different so she trusts you that is true. She's very good at talking about her feelings, too. That's, that's something I really appreciate about Naima. So there's the triumph. Yeah, I there agree. it is. I think Zach's right that, like, not only that, but, like, you're the kind of mom she can talk to, you know? Mm-hmm. See? It's all wins here. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Zach, do you have a triumph or fail for us? I mean, I could pick from many fails because they, they're constant. But I'm going to start my, my short tenure here with a triumph that I'm really excited about. Noah, my daughter, my four-year-old, watches me cook a lot and doesn't help me much. But last week, she asked for a knife, a kid's knife. And I was so excited about it. And so we went online and picked out a pink knife because pink and and her are synonymous. Um, And they came in the mail like a couple days later. And I thought that there was a chance that like it was just that impulsive, like, oh, I just want something and i won't be interested in it later but they came in the mail 
and she's making salads. She's making her. She's she's helping to make her make her lunch now. She's actually cooking alongside me. She's cutting cucumbers. Um, she's cutting fruit, and she's like significantly more engaged in the kitchen right now, like a surprising amount. And I'm so excited by it because I love to cook, and it's really sweet to to have that that hobby um, to share with her. So we'll see if it sticks. But for now, it's it's really exciting. I also love how much fun tedious things are at that age, like washing dishes, chopping vegetables, mm-hmm. like the least fun part of fun things. They're like, oh, this, the thing I can't do, I want, I want it. Yes. Yeah. I know getting your own sous chef, right? Like mm-hmm. she's learning a skill and you have someone to prep the salad now. Could yes. be your job. The great thing about these kids' knives is they really aren't so sharp where it'll be difficult for her to do some real damage um like i would be a a mess if i you know gave her a real knife because she's not ready for that oh yeah 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 so i recommend those knives you know because even once you start using the sharper knives like the confidence is so important too because you can do much more damage if you're not very confident or you don't know where your hands go so this is Mm -hmm. a great a great learning thing i love that plus some some daddy daughter time in the kitchen yeah i think that's great Well, I am also going to claim a triumph. We had kind of a big week at the beginning of the week. My parents were here. And then um, Henry, who has autoimmune encephalitis, started his um, IVIG, which the the new course is sort of he has to get these infusions every few weeks for the next six months. And it's been this like big thing that's on our calendar that we've been kind of prepping him for and the anxiety. And that went great. And then um, we decided to have our homeschool friends over for like a pumpkin, like fun with pumpkins. And um, my friend uh, Michaela brought over some of her like parents, old golf clubs. (laughs) And we set up on the yard, like these big hula hoops and we gave them the little tiny pumpkins and we let them all hit them with golf golf clubs, like put them all around. It was awesome. Like we also played, um, we played a bunch of games. We bounced them on our head and we tossed them to each other, but the golf was the clear winner. It was awesome. Nobody, I was a little worried at first, like everyone would be swinging so hard we'd hit each other because there were six kids in in a kind of small lawn, but it was, it was just so great. And they had the best time. Now I am, positive come spring i'm going to have pumpkin plants all over (laughs) in my lawn because at the end of course they all get smashed like eventually you just hit them and they crack open but that was part of the fun they were joking that the golf balls were like splitting in half because you know once you're a little pumpkin then you have two you can hit in but it was just like such a nice fun experience and and a fun way to kind of play with pumpkins so i highly recommend that even um if you're looking for something to do with all those mini gourds after halloween i recommend a game of pumpkin golf (laughs) some great catharsis smashing pumpkins. yeah adults should get in on it too (laughs) yeah sounds great i love it hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price price line another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. Well, we are going to get on to our first listener question. Dear mom and dad, I have a fun and active two and a half year old who I recently enrolled in toddler gymnastics class. It seems like a good choice because she's constantly doing gymnastics around the house. But in the four sessions we've had, she's reliably done two activities and has mostly refused to do every other activity with the class. It doesn't seem to be the actual activity she's refusing. Instead, it's being asked to do the activity at the same time as the rest of the class. For instance, yesterday, while the rest of the class was practicing somersaults, my daughter was swinging from a bar. A few minutes later, when the class moved on to the bars, she refused to participate despite happily doing it on her own just minutes before. Her refusal is full of pouting, crossing her arms, stomping her feet, flopping herself on the mats, etc. My toddler is definitely strong-willed, and she's two, so no is a big part of her vocabulary. But this dramatic refusal is just not common for her. I attend the class with her, so I know there's no conflict with the other kids or the teacher. My daughter also attends preschool two mornings a week, so she's not unfamiliar with routines and rules and taking turns. And the school reports nothing like what I'm seeing at gymnastics. She says she likes gymnastics and seems to enjoy the activities on her own terms, but I'm struggling to understand this dramatic refusal to participate in something she otherwise seems to enjoy. She's pretty verbal but not enough that she's been able to explain what's going on in class. Any suggestions or ideas before I just pull the plug? Sincerely, tired of toddler gymnastics. Zach, do you want to give this first question a go? (laughs) Yes, I've been waiting for this moment nervously. Um, Yeah, okay, so first of all, I know people say this when giving advice, like you're not alone, but listener, like truly you are not alone. I went through the same thing with my daughter when she wasn't quite four in soccer. So this is very, I think it's very common. And two and a half is very young. When we were doing this with soccer, we took my daughter, she expressed interest. We kind of got her buy-in ahead of time. Yes, I want to do this. Um, But then once we got there, she was literally the only one not participating. And I had a sinking feeling like, oh my gosh, is she antisocial? Like what's going on? Why isn't she um, gleefully running after the instructor? Like, all the other kids. Um, and this went on for a couple of weeks. I wasn't putting much pressure on her um, because again, our kids, your kid, my kid, they're very young. So if they're not participating at the time, I was thinking it's really not that big of a deal. One thing that that helped was I went and spoke to one of the coaches um, and just said like, because they had there's like 20 kids running around and they might not even notice that, that your kid isn't participating. So I just asked for a little TLC, extra TLC from one of the coaches. And they came and gave my daughter a little bit of one-on-one time, like less than two minutes. And that was enough for Noah to feel bonded and maybe a little bit more um, connected to, to, to the instructor. So, so that's one thing that you can try, like just ask for a little one-on-one because, I mean, I'm 37 and I still get really nervous um, in front of crowds and especially when I'm doing something that I haven't done before. So that helps a lot. Find an ally. And then also like, again, she's two and a half. Their, their attention spans are like not significant at all. So um, doing gymnastics um, at home is great. And like, if they don't get fundamental instruction, like at this age, I think it's fine. I don't know what your hopes and dreams are for them, but like to me, it it, it really isn't that big of a deal. 
And I was wondering, like, is there like a free play option at the gym where you can just go with her and let her do her somersaults without the kind of pressure of, okay, you have to go and, you know, do this activity that everyone else is doing? Like, can you just go and um, let her jump in the sponge pit and maybe watch some other kids for a while without that, that expectation and then give her the option? Okay, now, you know, for next semester, whatever you call it, um, maybe we'll try to go back in the class and maybe she just wants to like mess around by herself. And I think that's fine. Zach is, I think, 100% correct. You know, um, not only are you not alone, this is a baby. You know, like a two, a two and a half year old doing anything is an accomplishment. Yes, so, just getting them out of the um, house. <laughs> that it's not going poorly at school is great. That uh, your little one is waiting until gymnastics to be difficult is uh, a triumph, whether you realize it or not. <laughs> um, you know, it could be, and I think Zach was kind of alluding to this, that by creating this structure around what was play before, um, this might not be fun for your child anymore, right? At this point, it, it used to be that I could just do these things and I can swing and I can tumble and now I can only do it in this order and I can't do it when someone else is doing it. And that just might be a bit for them. They're still trying to understand all of this. Like school and learning are still very new concepts. This is like completely developmentally appropriate. And I think it's just going to take time. I hope that your hopes and dreams are not of gymnastics for your child or that you haven't decided already. Like, oh, yeah, this is little Gabby Douglas right here. Um, mm -hmm. That you're giving your baby time to play with this and it will get better. But it's not something to be taken too seriously just yet because it is toddler gymnastics and isn't everything at two and a half toddler gymnastics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, your house is toddler gymnastics. I... um really like the idea of open gym because um, I just I just really think that if your child's enjoying the activity, finding a way they, they can enjoy it and still have fun is such a good way to help them get that energy out. I do wonder if the problem you're seeing here versus preschool is because of your presence. And I don't mean that in any hmm. bad way, but my kids act entirely differently when I attend a class with them versus like when they go in and have to basically get someone else as the leader. So I don't know if this is like one of those mommy and me classes. Um, if so, you could make some choices. Like if your if your goal is that they participate in the class, then one of the things you can do is like go get them and enforce some rules. Like we're going to wait, we're going to do somersaults, we're going to cheer on our our friends, right? If that's what you want. If, if you're okay with spending the time and she's running around and the teacher is fine with that, then, you know, that's fine. I think in preschool, like your child's preschool teacher has probably poured in so much time about the routine. Like it, hmm. it just feels like that's what preschool teachers do. They teach, this is the routine. The class is going to come do this. They gently guide people back in. And honestly, she probably expects this kind of behavior from, from all of the children in her class, that they will wander off and try something else and, and encouraging them to come back to the group. So I, I don't think like just because you're seeing this in gymnastics, but your, your preschool teacher doesn't say this is happening, doesn't mean this doesn't happen. It doesn't mean it doesn't happen to other kids. Kids. I will say that one of the things I learned with with homeschooling the kids is that like 90% of the battle is consistency. It's, it, it's like kids are looking for those boundaries and knowing where 
They're allowed to stray where they're not allowed to stray, all of that. So I think really think about what do you want out of this class? Is this like a, my kids seem to love gymnastics. I, we need somewhere else to, to expend some energy. You know, if that's the case, like, and the teacher doesn't mind, who cares if she's running around? Like if it's a good half an hour, whatever of like activity and she comes home happy, then great. If your hope though was more of like, I want her to be in a class and learning to do these things, not necessarily learning to do the gymnastics because again, she's two and a half. Mm -hmm. But if what you're hoping is that she learns like, Hey, we go to this class and, and you should participate. Then I think what you have to do is be consistent. A lot of parents will say, like, my kid doesn't want to do this or is struggling to do these things, but they, then you see them, like, having fun. In a lot of those cases, I think it's that you're giving a lot of leniency in that way and that you sort of have to reach this point where you're like, well, we go to this and this is what they do in the class and we're going to keep doing this. Um, so I don't think it really, honestly, like, whether you want to pull the plug on gymnastics or not is up to you of what you want out of it. And I really hope, I think we've all expressed like your expectation at two and a half should not be that this is training for the Olympics. It should be, I found a really fun way for my kid to maybe make some new friends, play with some new people and be out getting some of that, that energy out. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you guys think she should, she should quit? No, no. But if no. she feels like she wants to, I think that's okay too. I don't think quitting now is indicative of like, oh no, I'm raising a quitter. But no, I don't think she needs to quit. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like if you're paying for these things, you're like, why am I paying for this for them yeah. to run around when they could just run around? <laughs> so I think then look for open gym. So I, I guess letter writer, I feel like what needs to be adjusted here are your expectations for your, <laughs> for your two and a half year old. Well, thank you so much for writing in Tired of Toddler Gymnastics. Hopefully we helped or at least now you have a new way to look at the situation. If you want to discuss your parenting dilemma, you can email us at slate.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right, now on to our second listener question. Dear Mom and Dad, fingers crossed we may be flying overseas to see family in early December, depending on the COVID situation, of course. And I'm most concerned about our soon-to-be two-year-old because obviously she won't be vaccinated by then. Currently, we're trying to get her to wear a mask more, and she'll last around 10 to 15 minutes before ripping it off, and honestly, she kind of prefers to chin strap it. 
Most advice for mask wearing seems to be focusing on older kids. So any ideas for my little one? A secondary non-COVID concern is entertainment. She's not really into movies or games on a device yet, which is great. So I was hoping to find a sort of Kong for babies, a cryptex toy that would hold snacks, you know, like goldfish and fruit snacks, and keep her busy with problem solving. But I can't find anything like this, nor am I really able to DIY this. But I love something that had some buttons to push, or maybe a wheel to turn, and then pops out a little drawer. I realized that I could be very well worrying about something that could just not happen. But I'm trying to plan ahead. Ultimately, I know fellow travelers will also appreciate a non-COVID-spreading, non-cranky two-year-old. Thanks, Mom Missing Family. Jamila, did you travel a lot with Naima when she was little? I d- uh, not a lot, but we definitely, um, at that age, at least a few times a year, um, we made it back and forth uh, to Chicago to see my family. Uh, so, And I think her first flight when she was like nine months old. So we definitely started early. Grateful that we didn't have to think about COVID back then. So I'm very sympathetic uh, that this is going to be a long flight with also the concerns over mask wearing. As far as that goes, I would suggest one, I don't know if your child is seeing people in masks very often, like how much time they're spending outside of the house or in situations where people are masked, but like mm-hmm. they need to see people masked up doing stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like going to the mall or somewhere where you're going to see people that are in masks, that are not taking them off, that are, you know, so go somewhere and you know where that is in your community where most people will be properly masked and stay masked and where they can maybe see some other children in masks, you know, maybe going up to a, a playground that's near a school where they can see small people in masks, even though they'll be older than your little one. I still think it's helpful for them to see kids doing this and recognize that it's something that children also do and talk about why we're wearing the mask. This is to keep us safe. So the same way you have or soon will figure out the conversation about, you know, not letting go of somebody's hand when you cross the street. There are things that we do to protect ourselves so we can be okay. And wearing a mask is one of those things that we have to do to be okay. The good thing about the flight and your child's age is that one, there isn't necessarily the expectation that they'll be masked for the entire time. Two, you'll have snacks, which will come in incredibly handy, and and water, so your child will have breaks from masking. And as far as keeping them occupied, I'm hoping that maybe uh, Zach and Elizabeth, who have smaller ones, may have some better ideas. But I would suggest a busy board, uh, because I went for the devices. So that's what saved me on those early flights, was that we were able to watch it. But since you don't want to do that, you can purchase or create a busy board. I know they sell them on Etsy and a number of, you know, specialty retailers have them now. You can also make one. There's a lot. I'm sure Elizabeth has a hundred recipes for them. Uh, it's It can be a very cool DIY project in which you take a board of some sort or some sort of flat surface and you add manipulatives, things that your kid can play with. So switches and bells, and you don't want to get stuff that's going to be annoying for people Mm. on a plane. So do think about if this sound were triggered repeatedly, would it bother people? But something that has enough sensory things going on where your child can play and listen and have the gratification of something between their fingers and be occupied. I would also suggest that considering that this is going to be an international trip, Unless you are in a no screens, no way, no how ever 
um, sort of situation, which is fine, that you may want to reconsider. And I think you'd be really uh, pleased with the amount of peace that a good educational child appropriate film can provide. What do you all think? The first thing I would say is get this kid COVID tested like three times that week. And so you know that they don't have COVID, which is going to put you at ease. And you could even make like a sign and hang it around their neck or a shirt that says like, I just got a negative PCR test. So like, mind your own fucking business Um, or something to the extent that that might put, because if I see a two-year-old on a flight that isn't wearing a mask, I I might be a little uptight about it. But if if I know that they don't have COVID, then it doesn't matter. So that's one strategy. The second thing, and I haven't tried this, but I know a lot of my friends have um, and swear by it. If you are going to do a night flight, which you you could probably try to do, um, melatonin. Give them a, a gummy melatonin and that might make them sleep. So that is a thing. Drug your child, but do it responsibly and consult with your doctor first. And then, yeah, as far as entertainment, yeah, my kids are, are addicted to screens. So... Um, they, if we give that to them on the flight, that's a, that's a huge help. But if your kid isn't interested in screens, which is, which is cool, um, may, I was thinking maybe get uh, several tiny little toys and wrap them before you get on and then like bribe your kid, wear a mask for a half hour and you get a new gift every half hour. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it doesn't even matter what the gift is. Go to the dollar store, put a marble in it. But the gift itself is the, is the, is the pleasure for them. So just bring a bunch of pre-wrapped gifts and give them whatever snacks they want. That's like, that's our thing on planes. Like as much TV as you want, as much whatever you want to eat, like just, you know, it's, it's survival. So um, do everything you can that is going to make your kid happy, sugar included. Though that might counteract I, the, the, the melatonin balance, so maybe not too much sugar. I don't know. <laughs> or the melatonin first. I don't know. Yeah. I completely agree that the plane is survival. Like normal normal rules. We traveled a bunch with the kids um, when they're little. We're thinking about kind of how now to reinstate all those good skills we learned and probably lost. Um, but I always considered it survival. Like the kids know normal our normal rules around the house do not apply when we're on the plane. I think for the mask, I love the idea of taking them around kids that are wearing them because peer pressure is like the ultimate yeah, really teaching smart. tool. Um, I would also practice, 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 right? Like wear them before dinner when you're setting the table and then like take them off. Wear them when you're playing blocks. Like make it part of the game so it's fun. I've also found that the the Littler ones, if you get the KN95s, they stick away from your face and they make disposable ones of those. They, then they can't lick them too. But I, I do think that if your child kind of feels like it's touching their face and that's bothering them, the KN95s do sit kind of further away. And so mm. you can still like be putting snacks in there and the kid can be moving their mouth and not sucking on the fabric. So maybe look into those, try a bunch of masks. Um I think the idea of a shirt is super funny, <laughs> like just to copy your test results or something and put it on a shirt in a circle. Um, inter- entertaining on the plane, I did actually find a couple things that kind of what you were looking for, which is the eight the plate, which is a spinning snack container and similarly something p- called Be Kids Snack Spinner. I have not used either of these. They did not exist at the time that I was traveling with little ones. We used a fishing tackle box and filled each little square with different 
different types of snacks. It's a huge mess, but I kind of felt like, eh, if they're quiet, that's all right. So I put all different kinds of snacks and let them kind of go crazy and pick stuff. But there are these two spinning snack containers that you can check out. The number one thing I had on my list is what Jamila suggested for this age is like go onto Etsy and find someone to make you a awesome little board. Um, They also have um, these covers for your tray table that I really liked when they were little. And that way you can smash stuff on it and you're not worried as much, you know, about germs and other things on there or making a huge mess. And then you just like rip the plastic and throw it away. I'm sure it's not very environmentally friendly, but it definitely made my flights a little easier. I also, for this age, love blue tape, um, that like painter's tape, because you can stick it on anything and it comes off. My kids would play with this for hours on the plane. You can tear it into little pieces and stick it to them. They can stick it all over the table, the windows, the everything, and then you just pull it all off when you're done. Um, sticker sets. And I, too, am going to make a plea that you just think about finding a good show because you are also going to be tired. Mm. Um, I've done a number of these long flights. And that what we really faced was that the kid was great as long as we were playing with the child. But Jeff and I were very tired. And and when we got there, it's like when you when you land at your destination, that is when the stress is. Like now, all of a sudden, you got to get your luggage. you got to find your car. you got to do the passports. If both of you have not slept and you've entertained this child who inevitably will want to sleep like laying on you or with their face their feet up in your face whatever um having something anything that you can hand over and just kind of be like passive parenting we did this for a long time without letting them watch anything at home so it was very much like these are airplane rules and it did not open some kind of floodgate to Mm -hmm. media and everything at home it was um there's so many great things out there like ask your friends what their kids are watching but like my kids and it seems like kids in general kind of adore bluey um zach i don't know if you have like what do your little ones watch we had a big time mr rogers and daniel tiger phase which i loved um now as you know Noah's into cooking and so she watches a ton of uh baking shows um nailed it and great british bake-off and stuff um but uh you know doc mcstuffins um fancy nancy they're nice there's some good stuff in there harmless stuff they're nice i think just give it a go is what I would say, but whatever, whatever keeps them entertained and happy. If you're a baby wearer, bring your carrier. Um, that's oh, yeah. so many times you can't wear it during takeoff or landing, but you can hop up, stick them in it, bounce them to sleep and then kind of leave it on while they sleep. And, and that also l- let me use my hands, right. To do different things, feed myself, all those kind of things. But I think the big thing is I, I think you being prepared, like wanting to be prepared is lovely and that will already make your um trip easier but i would just totally think of it as survival and and relax (laughs) whatever expectations you have unlimited snacks unlimited videos or whatever they play with at home that's the other thing people always like think they need like special things for the airplane whatever you're playing with at home is the same thing they're going to want to play with during (laughs) during the plane yeah Oh, just two more quick things. If they're interested in fashion and stuff, like get the masks that they're going to feel cool about. Mm -hmm. Like Noah loves unicorn masks and rainbow masks. Mm -hmm. So like even have, you know, involve them in picking out the masks and, oh, it's a treat now to to wear the mask. That's one thing. And the second thing is you said you were looking for like a Kong, um, but for humans, just you could also just get them like a dog Kong and put (laughs) and put snacks in it. I think that would be hilarious and that would keep you entertained. 
the whole plane's going to be like, is that a dog Kong? They're going to be like, this mm-hmm. is genius. Yep. <laughs> Stick yep. the blue tape over the ends of it. You know, the yes. snackle. There you go. In there. Full circle. <laughs> You're all set. Okay. Well, mom missing family, best of luck on your travels. Um, hopefully we've given you some good ideas. Maybe we've convinced you to hand over your iPhone. I don't know, but we'd love to know how it goes. We absolutely love updates. So keep us posted to the rest of our listeners out there. Please email us at mom and dad at slate.com. All right. Now it's time to move on to recommendations. Jamila, will you kick us off? I I'm not usually a Popeye's girl, but can I tell you? Well, not one, the chicken sandwich, which I'm sure was a probably a recommendation when I first started on the show, because I think that was in the middle of like the chicken sandwich <laughs> fiasco, is extremely good. I could only eat that from Popeye's forever and be happy. I think it has rendered everything else they make useless, even the biscuits. But right now they've got hottie sauce and that is a special collaboration they have with Megan the Stallion to whom I basically look up and <laughs> it's just really good sweet and spicy sauce. It's like they have a sweet and spicy sauce on a regular basis, but they somehow made it better and called it hottie sauce. I don't know how long it's going to be there, but I know it's a limited time only thing and the hottie sauce on the chicken sandwich along with the good portion of mayonnaise i am i am Mm. a black woman who loves mayonnaise mayonnaise is very good all the jokes about white people and mayo are funny from time to time but mayo is really delicious and something about the mayo and the hottie sauce and the fried chicken it is the perfect chicken sandwich i am so obsessed with it so go to popeyes get a chicken sandwich and get some hottie sauce on it that sounds good Jamil, I feel like we need a listener to compile all of your food advice, like uh, just, just like into a quick reference guide. So if someone's out there, I'm interested to like look up like, oh, I'm feeling like this. What has Jamila recommended in this family of what I'm feeling? Because your stuff is always so you recommend stuff and then it's always so tasty. So it's inc- incredibly chaotic. It's like Popeye's and key lime pie and soup. <laughs> But it's something for every mood. That's what I'm saying. We need like a like a spiral bound book and you could be like, oh, I need kind of like a sweet. What has she recommended in the sweet treat? Family? <laughs> mm-hmm. <I'd laughs> where that. do I go get it or how do I make it? You know, I love it. I can't wait to give this a try. All right, Zach, your inaugural recommendation. My recommendation goes out to all of my people in the Midwest or the East Coast where it's starting to get cold. If you have space in your yard, you should either dig a hole and make a fire pit or you should buy an above ground fire pit Um, because I don't know what your COVID rules are, but we're pretty much not hanging out with folks um, inside right now. So anything you can do to prolong the outdoor season, I think is a plus. So we have lots of bonfires um, so we can still hang out with people outside. And it's like, I love the smell of it. I love the ritual of of chopping wood and making a fire and like going to sleep with my clothes kind of smelling like smoke. I just, I just, it's like a very, you know, Michigan autumnal thing. I can't recommend it more. You'll feel, you know, like a wilderness person. If you haven't started your own fire before, it's, it's very satisfying and you know, you'll keep warm roast marshmallows, really fun thing for the kids. Make a fire, make fire. I love this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love a good fire. I and I agree with you like expanding like how do we keep our outdoor time 
you know, so we can see people mm-hmm. <laughs> like, as long as possible. Yep. Um, this is a, a lovely fall recommendation. Now, have you? did you buy a fire pit or are you majors? Our friends who we bought our house from had made it themselves, so we've, we just use it. Um, but it's super easy. Just like Perfect. dig a hole and, and line the circumference with bricks and don't put it too close to your house. There you go. Yeah. I love this. All right, I am I am recommending an app because we got to a point in Henry the nine year old's math where it was very clear that we had missed some like maybe basic geometry. And I was trying to find a way to like kind of make it fun and not have this be like a fight because we clearly needed some kind of review. But I found this app called Dragon Box Elements and it's really great. Like the little kids can play it. They don't really understand what they're doing necessarily but it has made i i think in like a week of playing this all of a sudden his the geometry he's doing in math it's like things are kind of making sense just because it introduces like angles and circumference and different shape names um hmm. you know equilateral triangle all of that through this game and kind of continuously has you w- looking for how the radius of things equates to other shapes i mean it's just been a really great way to play with it no arguing it's like he asks to play this and I feel like check he's learning <laughs> learning uh, geometry and I didn't have to fight him for it so um, I really recommend the app Dragon Box Elements how did you find this oh gosh through my you know homeschool um, the the many webs of homeschool moms <laughs> who are who are smarter than me and have tried all of this so uh, I like to find apps like I I, I I'm not completely dependent on the computer, but with three kids, it's so nice to like send one off to do something on the computer and they think they're getting like free time and I'm checking off the math box. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. So yeah, they have, they have apps for younger kids too. They have one for number sense. I haven't played Hmm. um, any of those. They actually have one for algebra that I want to look at, um, at introducing some of those concepts. It won't, it won't teach your kid how to do the geometry, but I just noticed how quickly it, it made up kind of that, we definitely missed some kind of foundation there about relation of angles and circles and all sorts of things. So clearly this is why we missed it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, (laughs) I clearly don't, I should play more of the game. Anyway, that's it for our show. So one last time, if you have a question for us, you can email us at slate.com or of course, post it to the Slate Parenting Facebook group. Just search for Slate Parenting. Mom and Dad are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson. For Jamila Lemieux and Zach Rosen, I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. Thanks for listening.